Hi, and welcome to another episode of Canadian Manufacturing Talks. Today, my guest is Shashir Singh, the CTO of BlackBerry, here to talk to us about increased cybersecurity risks and what governments and manufacturers can do to increase protection. I know uh, how busy you must be at BlackBerry, so I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, meet with me. And um, Thank you, Sadi, for having me. So I feel like our readership and our listener base can really benefit from uh, having, uh, you know, hearing a conversation about um, cybersecurity with regards to manufacturing in Canada. Um, a lot of them are uh, taking on like new software solutions and projects and things like that. So it could be really beneficial for them to hear from uh, someone like you. So one of the things I noticed on some of the, the studies that BlackBerry recently published with regards to cybersecurity was that, uh, uh, you know, 57% of manufacturers not believing that the government is doing enough to protect them in Canada. And yeah. uh, I'm wondering what what can be done to restore that belief and um, what can government, I guess, do to better protect manufacturers? Uh, so first of all, let me introduce myself. Uh, you know, I joined BlackBerry just like 14 months now. And uh, at BlackBerry, I'm responsible for uh, cybersecurity vision strategy, also products here. And uh, before joining BlackBerry, I was part of... Uh, McAfee, Chief Product Officer at McAfee, um, was there for at least six, seven years, and we're part of all the, you know, fun stuff, uh, taking the McAfee out of Intel, going private, public, all that kind of stuff. But sorry, just so you know, I've been in cybersecurity for almost 25, 30 years, uh, you know, started early with Blue Coat, and then Cisco, as managing all of the Cisco security products came to Cisco through a small startup company I was part of called Ironport System. So I've been in the cybersecurity industry, like I said, for some time now. What I'm beginning to see to answer your question is, you know, there are a couple of verticals are getting targeted and definitely manufacturing is, you know, in the top two list for, for sure, 100%. The, the reason they are just getting uh, attacked or, or targeted because most of the manufacturing industry, if you see over a period of time, are becoming smarter, really becoming smarter. They're buying new, you know, manufacturing plants or units or, you know, infrastructure and all of that. The only thing which is not changing is the cybersecurity posture, you know, uh, because I think they are just not able to comprehend that these all things need to come together, right? Um, the software and the operations uh, needs to be really, really adaptive. And if the operations need to be adaptive, if the manufacturing units are becoming newer and newer, the security also need to follow, right? They need to be adopted. You know, and, and the, the basic example I can give you is if you look at the manufacturing unit, what I'm beginning to see in the last few years, that OT environment, IoT environment, and the normal um, IT environment were kind of completely separate, right? They were never coming together. But over a period of time, now it's like becoming a little bit more, you know, coming together and OT, IoT environments are being used to cross over into the normal IT segment. So coming back to your question about the, you know, is government doing enough or not doing enough? I think to some extent, we do have our responsibility as well to understand the new trends, new infrastructure, and there are a lot of tools in place now the advancement in the cybersecurity in the last 20 years have really leapfrogged, right? So we really need to catch up to that one to make sure that we are 
understanding the right security postures or uh, i mean there's a lot of words like zero trust network architecture and how do we bring all of that into into this mix now government can provide you you know guidelines they can give you a lot of tools you know i mean some of the things like in us is happening and i'm sure canada as well is like governments are insisting that you need to provide much elaborate report about your vulnerability patching and making sure what kind of software you're using and are they patched properly or not so like soft to compliance uh, there was a executive order by biden uh, president biden about uh, you know making sure that a lot of these enterprises are actually complying to those stuff so i think the federal the government is doing their part in my uh, in my mind i think we just need to follow those those guidelines and take it to heart and make sure that we are adopting those things as well that was an uh, incredible answer and um, you also sort of touched on why certain industries like manufacturing are being targeted yep. you know particularly manufacturing uh we also noticed like healthcare food retail or some of the big big ones healthcare obviously you know for uh you know because of all the personal data but i'm wondering if there is uh, anything manufacturers should be aware of are there um are there particular parts of their businesses that threat actors would look to target see the answer is very simple right the hackers are looking for high rewards they're looking for weak infrastructure for easy targets right that that's the high level goal whether it's a ransomware whether it's they're going after uh, your ip or they're going to defame you or you know it, it could be combination of any of those things but the key thing is that they're looking for easy target and they're looking for you know high rewards and i would say the risk associated with the manufacturing being hacked are going down is extremely high because the 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 monetary loss is one thing um the second thing is the whole uh, supply chain right they can disrupt your whole supply chain so it's not just your unit they can bring down the whole infrastructure um in a in a end to end way and most dangerous thing in my mind is that they can even threaten the public safety right you know as far as the critical infrastructures uh, and uh, is concerned um because bad actors know that they can hold those systems either for ransom or the payday could come fast and could be massive right because they know that they are holding on to a very powerful thing and 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 if you just look back i'll just give you two examples which is like much more common and everybody knows about it like when the russian hackers targeted the colonial pipeline i'm sure you heard about that right yeah. right colonial pipeline that's like very famous everybody knows about it and it it basically caused a shutdown of operations and a gas shortage across the southeast coastal area right of the united states um that had a huge impact i mean everybody knew about it right i mean it had an impact on everybody's life there so the bad actors uh, you know get into this operations of technology uh, very very quickly another another one which comes to my mind is this uh, i don't know if you know that uh, there was a water treatment plant in allsmart florida and yeah. pretty much actually i would say they succeeded in poisoning the water supply right so that was a huge one and imagine the kind of impact it can have Yeah. um so i'm just giving you these two examples how a critical infrastructure hack can not only damage an organization but threaten public health and public safety as well right so it it, it is equally i would say that uh, from a cybersecurity point of view it's important that a lot of this infrastructure you know you know take care of that part make sure 
they are really, really modern and they have the right way of securing those stuff. That becomes increasingly imperative, of course, as these kinds of attacks evolve. Um, right. and with that sort of in mind, I'm sort of curious how uh, these kinds of attacks are evolving in Canada, especially when it comes to manufacturing. Uh, I yeah. know, obviously, you know, these kinds of attacks evolve over time. Uh, they've gone from, you know, phishing scams, malware, uh, ransomware and things like that. So I'm curious, uh, industry by industry, uh, if uh, certain um, strategies strategies from threat actors are being employed uh, in manufacturing that's more effective than others, and um, what the, I guess, the attack landscape looks like in Canada, because, um, yeah, a couple of manufacturers in Canada have already been the target of um, cyber attacks earlier this year. See, if you, if you look at the attack surface, right, um, there are three control points, sorry. One is, you know, your endpoint, right? The second one is your network. And the third one, I'm just putting in a broader classification, right? And the third one is the cloud infrastructure, right? So most of the countries are, you know, adopting more and more cloud. Network is kind of becoming a little bit more or perimeter security in the context of network is becoming a little bit more obsolete there. Um, so there are two points, there are two control points uh, or, or there are two ends of the spectrum where one is the endpoint, another one is a cloud where the content is created or shared you know, amongst these two areas. And what happens is that uh, the manufacturing I would say they are still in the kind of a hybrid stage, right? They're not fully in the cloud. They're not fully on-prem, but they are somewhere in between, right? So they really have an additional responsibility to make sure their endpoint, their on-prem data center, as well as the cloud, the one which is evolving, is kind of connected, uh, all those three things. So if you look at that threat landscape, I would say it's really, really important that you understand your external attack surface management, like what kind of information is out there about you, which hackers can use to get into your infrastructure. For example, you might have some certificates out there. You might have some external IP addresses. You might have some web servers out there, right? Um, and I can guarantee you, I can tell you like 90% of the time, most of the people, they don't know what asset is out there which actually hackers can use against them. So that's the external attack surface management. I talk about it. The another one is the internal part of it, right? Where is your critical asset? Like, what are you trying to secure? Um, your CFO data, your your code, your your IP, your your you know chip like you name it, right? Whichever you feel like is your core to your business, uh, you need to know about it. Like how that is being secured, right? Um, are you putting additional safeguard into, into that part? Um, because those are all the areas why somebody is trying to get into this one. The, the example which I can give you is that you might have a, you might have put like a best lock in your home. And if some hackers breaks into that one, what do you think he's going to do first thing? He's looking for asset inside your house. He's trying, he, he knows there are some easy places. He's not going to go to the kitchen. He's not going to go to the like bathroom. He's going to go to the place like your master bedroom where he feels like, you know, you might have pet, put some jewelry out there, right? They know exactly, you know, what kind of things would have put it out. So this, this discovery of assets to make sure that most important asset is somewhere there where hackers know very quickly where to get there. At the same time, you need to be aware that how am I going to put that extra you know, jewelry in a safe box or additional security so that it's harder for him to come and break into that. 
right? It's not easy for him to do it, even if he's inside my infrastructure. So yeah. I think those are the things people need to think about a little bit yeah. more. Um, you know, just having a firewall, just having an IPS, just having a secure web gateway to protect your home as a as a door example or the lock example is not enough. So as as the types of attacks evolve, you're going to Correct. need, uh, I guess, like an evolved defense defense uh, mechanism as well to protect against yeah. those kinds of attacks. Sort of moving on, like cyber breaches obviously cost a lot, not just in terms of dollars. You mentioned sometimes that there are public safety concerns as well, yes. right? With the, okay. with, uh, you know, there's obviously the loss of brand reputation, uh, yep. downtime, you know, your supply chain gets clogged. I'm wondering if there's um, an effect of the cyber breach or the attack that they're not taking seriously enough. I mean, it's not that they're not taking seriously or they're not taking seriously in the context of what they're trying to protect. I think there's a lot of awareness problem as well, right? When you are looking into uh, your operational, trying to get to the best technology and all kinds of stuff, sometimes you just forget that you need to protect those assets as well. So, I mean, definitely ransomware is one of them. Like very quickly, these people tend to pay, right? Because they know that their their uh, stake is very, very high. Right? Yeah, they can't afford the downtime. They can't afford the downtime, exactly right. Um, Sometimes the IP, um, the whole... Uh, you know, they're manufacturing. One of the example I can give you without quoting the name of the customer, uh, this is like one of the very renowned cement factory in Asian country. Um, and the hackers were able to get into their mixing um, IP, uh, you know, kind of a, uh, what do you call the chemical where they could actually change the, the dynamics of what was getting mixed to build the cement. Wow. Okay. And if I believe the whole unit was out for 30 days because they just couldn't figure it out what happened and amount of actually goods came out, became completely useless. Of course. Right. So the yeah. damage was so high, um, but, but before even they could realize, I think, you know, it, it was too late. You touched on an important point and it's something that I've noticed with manufacturers as well, where sometimes they will, uh, underreport their breach, or sometimes they will even not report it at all if they're attacked right. and just pay off the 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 ransomware, so they don't lose the downtime and they continue business as is. And um, right. do you believe that that's a problem where sometimes, like you know, uh, menu, people don't even know that the manufacturer has gone through uh, you know a particular incident? Or, you know, the manufacturer has minimized it. And so, you know, in a way, sort of like, uh, you know, something significant has happened and yeah. a breach has occurred. But, um, you know, uh, people aren't aware because the manufacturer is too concerned with brand reputation and downtime. Absolutely right. I mean, everybody's concerned about the brand reputation. They're, they're, they're worried about the customers, right? Uh, their partners uh, knowing that, hey, I mean, this particular company got uh, breached and uh, you know the lot of questions comes to their in in their mind in customer partners am i doing business with the right partner um yeah. are secured is my like uh, my asset is also at stake right because there's it, it it's a it's a very connected world if you think about it right it's a lot of the third party you know vendors are connected to each other and if you know about one bad apple there uh, it starts impacting immediately and everybody starts thinking about it. You know, am I in am I in the right place? Am I doing business with the right company? And that's probably the most of the reason why people don't report it. Yeah. Um, right. Either they quietly pay the ransomware or they just understand or, you know, the cost of uh, minimizing the breach and they go and 
you know, take the cyber insurance or whatever is needed. I think it's the after the fact. Uh, and, and that is what concerns me. Yeah. So what would you say to manufacturers who are going to hide their uh, breach? Here's what I would say. Make sure that your, your cyber security is absolutely adaptive. Um, it is on par with your modern infrastructure. Make that as part of your design process. Make that as part of your day-to-day operational process in place. The second thing I would say that please do have the visibility into the level of access control. The you know Understand who is authorized to access what kind of applications. Minimize that threat surface as best as possible because if you are not seeing then you don't know what's happening. So visibility is the key, right? So start with the visibility part of it, the discovery part of it. I think that's another the important part, I would say. The third thing I would say is there's a concept of zero trust network architecture, right? It's high time that the manufacturing unit bring that into, into their infrastructure. And when I say zero trust network architecture, sorry, just, you know, it has got basically three parts. One is a secure connectivity uh, into your infrastructure. And, you know, the VPN access and all those kind of terms, you know, becoming really weak point. And a lot of hackers are actually using that to get into infrastructure. So so make sure that you have a zero trust from an application segmentation point of view. Understand the relationship between users, applications, and services. And make sure those three are really, really controlled by a zero trust policy. And when I say zero trust policy, I mean never trust, always verify, right? That's the ground rule right there. And the last one I would say is the the third-party software. Make sure that you are insisting to know everything about your third-party software, what is being used in your environment. You have their assessment, security assessment. You read those reports. Insist that they publish the vulnerability report every time, and it's always up to date, right? So those are all the minimum things you can do to at least, I would say this can avoid you know, I would say 90% plus, you know, your chances of being attacked. One of the themes or one of the things that I'm noticing that you're really on top of is is the visibility aspect of uh, of cybersecurity and how, uh, you know, you've mentioned that manufacturers sometimes don't even know in their own business what's protected and what's not protected, you know. So exactly. uh, th- that's definitely an interesting point for our uh, readers and listeners to think about. Um, finally, beyond a financial investment, obviously, in a cybersecurity solution, whether it's an EPP or something else, and um, educating their employees, is there something that manufacturers need to do to uh, bolster their uh, cybersecurity and protect themselves from attacks? Yeah, no, no, absolutely. That's a great question. I would say that move away from your old legacy uh, cybersecurity solution, right? Um, you mentioned about the endpoint. I think this is high time that we are using artificial intelligence and machine learning algorithms. I'm not saying it in a in a very loose way. I'm just saying that, that this technology has become very, very mature. There is There are neural networks, there are deep learning, there is a generative artificial intelligence. I mean, you just heard about chat GPT and all. There are a lot of technology is coming. So depend on that one. There are companies who are actually providing BlackBerry being one of them. You know, our AI ML technique is the kind of a core of our DNA, what we provide, right? It's not based on signature. And one of the things to your listener I want to say is it's not about good and bad. That's a very easy thing to differentiate and a lot of the vendors can do it. Um, the AI ML actually helps you understand the behavior, the behavior detection. 
And that is the most important thing. Coming back to the example I was giving you, if somebody is coming near your door and they are not breaking the door, but they are coming every day to check out, unless until they do something bad, you can't convict them. But AI ML technique can tell you the behavior of somebody coming next to your door might be malicious. And we should be able to convict them. We should be able to take action before even they try to break your door. Right. So this is where I feel like this modern technology like EPP, uh, endpoint protection, EDR, endpoint detection and response, uh, the managed XDR, that's an extension of all of that. So bring all your signals, bring, bring all your insights and use your AIML technique to do an effective incident response as best as possible, because that is what is going to help you predict your attack and be much more proactive uh, in, in, in safeguarding your infrastructure and your people. Interesting. Um, I think that uh, takes care of um, you know all the questions that I had, uh, Mr. Shishir Singh. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down with us. I feel like um, I learned a lot and I feel like our listeners also will really benefit. So um, thank you again uh, for your time. Uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Sadiq.